Hello again, everyone, and welcome to today's show. If you're one of the 130 million people that are dealing with SIRS, Lyme disease, autoimmune disease, or other conditions that are impacted by mold on a daily basis, and you need to learn how to eliminate that exposure, then you're in the right place. My name is Brian Carr, and you're listening to Mold Finders Radio. You there? Hey, I'm here. Here we are. Look how easy that was. Ready to go. Um, all right. Well, we're in the recording room now, so I'll just cut out kind of this beginning stuff, and then I'll just uh, kick it off. All right. Perfect. Okay, I can hear you better now. I was gonna say. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Can you hear well? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. On I'm good on my. All right. Cool. Um. Okay. Here we go. Let me get my my podcast voice going. <laughs> <laughs> get it going <laughs> i know right i gotta sound so pumped all the time i haven't found mine yet so hopefully this will help yeah i think i'll help <laughs> too all right here we go <clears throat> hey everyone what's going on we got a another episode today and today we're talking with ashley spanovich which i'm really excited to uh have this chat if you have found her on Instagram. She's at Awakening Spaces. And we've had a couple really awesome talks like in the past. And she does some really cool stuff that kind of complements sort of what we do on the mold finding piece, right? And so basically, like we go in, we find problems, you have remediation, your walls are open, you're like, okay, I'm going to put everything back together again. How the hell do I do that? Like, what should I use to build with? What types of materials should I bring in? I spent all this money to make sure everything is clean. I don't want to screw it up again when I put it back together, right? And so that is a big piece of what Ashley uh, helps people navigate. So uh, everyone, say hi to Ashley. Or Ashley, say hi to everyone, I guess. Yeah. Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited, too. So guys, Ashley, she's the founder of, of Awakening Spaces. She's a licensed interior designer. But what's cool is that in addition to that, she's an environmental consultant too. So like, she's not just designing stuff to look pretty, like she's also designing it to be healthy, which is kind of what we're trying to do, right? So um, anyways, that's why I thought it would be fun for us to chat today. So um, let's, let's just kind of take it from like the path that someone goes down, right? So I just laid it out, right? They have, we, we find problems, they remediate, it's all gone, everything's open, it's exposed. What's when someone comes to work with you and they're kind of in that space, like, like kind of what's the, what's the path that you do with them? What are the things you're considering? Like, it just, just kind of like top line. What's, what's the goals that you have, that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, we're looking at, I always start by looking at the health that somebody's in. So what are their health priorities? Um, are they chemically sensitive? Are they mold sensitive? Oftentimes when people have been exposed to mold, um, it triggers sort of a domino effect of health issues for them. And so, you know, depending on whether they're chemically sensitive or not um, and what their needs are, I will try to help find materials that they can sort of rebuild with that fit those health needs. So, you know, um, we, I personally like to select natural materials as much as possible. Um, they have a lot of amazing properties. So, you know, working with the client, we um, consider their needs. We 
um, kind of see what their budget. Well, we always have to see what their budget is first, and then from there we evaluate what what materials to use. So that's sort of the beginning um, is looking at the budget and looking at the health, and then um, working with a builder um, to see where we need to do what we need to do, and um, we might need to put some pricing plans together to see what that looks like. Um, so yeah, those are the first steps. Got it. So when you're looking at, let's just like give an example of a room. I'm, I'm literally, I told you I was going to be doing this. I'm pacing in my bedroom right now. Literally. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to hit up like 10,000 steps in the time that we're talking, I think. <laughs> I do this every, all the time. Um, but let's just say that like my, my bedroom is gutted, right? There was a problem. We gutted the whole thing. Right. Mm-hmm. A question. I, I get so many questions that come in about like, what building materials should I use to do stuff? Like, is it, should I not be using wood framing? Should I be using something else? Like, should I just build everything in concrete? Like whatever. And like, there are things that are just like unrealistic. I would assume um, you can tell me, you know, if that's not true, but like if I'm in the second floor of a house, which I am right now, mm-hmm. you know, we're not, we're not putting concrete walls up here. Right. right. <laughs> like, I feel like right. that, would, that would not be a realistic thing. Um, you know, so, so if you're just doing like a basic room and there's maybe like two or three, that happens in like a normal build that are just kind of like big contributors to overall environmental, you know, issues, whether it's, and, and, and guys at this point, we're not talking mold or to- or mycotoxins anymore. Like we've fixed that already in this scenario. Right. So we're talking, we're talking off gassing from building materials and, and different types of compounds that get released in the space from different glues and adhesives and like the different paints that you're using, kind of all that stuff. Right. So like, what are, what are like two or three things that are like just super common? Like everyone does it and it, it kind of is always a problem. Are there are a couple of things that you just can kind of think of like that. Yeah. Carpet in the bedroom for sure. I think that, I think that people really like the feeling of having something soft underfoot, but carpets are a huge contributor to off gassing um, with their underlayments and the carpet themselves, not to mention that they are just like a huge reservoir for toxins and dirt and mold spores and and everything that just gets tracked into there and you actually have to run a vacuum over carpet 10 times to even like make a dent in in its cleaning um so (laughs) that is just i mean it's just so incredibly hard to clean and and even even these companies that are saying you know they're they're green. Um, you just have to also be very, very wary about um, selecting products that say they're green. Greenwashing is something that happens often in the building industry as well, um, where companies are saying it's green, but you know maybe it's another. Um, so kind of stepping back to another product is like an, a luxury vinyl plank flooring. You know these are low cost, but I mean it's still plastic. Um, we're still putting plastics on our floors. So I think avoiding, avoiding, um, carpets and LVTs if possible and trying to stick to more of like a natural material, like a natural wood or, um, even like a linoleum or like a cork flooring, um, or using, um, even tile depending on your climate. Um, I think tarot could be a really great option as well. And then getting that soft comfort underfoot from like a natural fiber rug. Um, Natural fibers are actually sorptive materials. So they can actually absorb, adsorb, should I say, um, 
different toxins from the air and they they do help to clean the air around you so there's a lot of materials that we can use that actually do help um, promote cleanliness in the air um, so I'd say you know avoiding uh, those you know avoiding the carpet and the plastics and the floors but then using a natural paint um, a natural clay plaster, for instance, or a natural clay paint is a great way to um, bring in a natural material into a conventional building. So I think people are so afraid. I actually just did a post on this today about people being, um, you know, skeptical of using natural materials. But in reality, natural materials have been tested over time. Um, these newer processed building products that we're using, you know, we've only been using for the last 60 years or so. So um, I always like to try to find ways that you can bring these natural materials in um, that are just easy, easy to use for people, um, easy to get and also help in like cleaning the air. So yeah, a clay plaster would be, or sorry, not clay plaster, but a clay paint would be another great option to use on the walls. Uh, I've never even heard of clay paint. Is it like... Does it have the, a similar finish of something that you would like normally see or is it going to look different? It has a little bit more of a, like a plastery finish. Um, uh, but I think it has a really nice look. It's definitely a different look um, than a regular. Um, yeah, it's a great finish if you're considering, you know, trying to have clean indoor air. Um, there's some other really great paints you can use too. Like, um, you know, some of the bigger brands, they do have paint lines that are better. Um, are they best? Probably not. Um, there's uh, a company called AFM Safe Coat that I absolutely love. Every product they have is amazing. They make adhesives, they make sealers, they make paints. Um, and they're all really, really, really not only environmentally friendly, but um, really good for your health as well. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. I'm writing, I'm writing that down. So, so <laughs> I, I don't have to go back and listen. Like people who, <laughs> I don't know if people actually do this, but like when I'm, when I'm like talking with someone like, like this, I actually have a note up and I'm taking notes while the person is talking. I don't know if other people that listen, take notes, but I really feel like you should, because it's super helpful. Is it AFM <laughs> safe code? <laughs> AFM safe code. Yes. So and funny. always feel free to message me. I have a quick question. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so a couple of things you said that sparked a couple of the questions for me. So first, um, so I, I, like I said, I never heard about clay paint, right? So mm -hmm. we were looking for paint, right? Especially so like we were doing our daughter's nursery this like a couple of years ago, but the paint's still in there. Um, we go out and we look for, you know, I was like, we can't have VOCs in our paint, right? I know a little, you know, I know enough. And so I'm looking at like zero VOC paint. So like, what's mm -hmm. the difference between like this natural type of paint you're talking about versus going and getting a, a more kind of bigger brand zero VOC paint? Like, is there really zero, zero VOC? Like what, what's actually happening? Yeah, zero VOC doesn't actually mean that there's zero off-gassing. I can't remember the technical limit it is. Um, but with a clay paint, there's no, like there is no off-gassing. And then you're actually purifying the air in turn. Um, so that's the other thing with the zero VOC is there is still some off gassing. And I think over time, um, yeah, I, sorry. I don't really know. 
I think over time, um, it's, it is doing some off gassing. So I think just avoiding those in general, if you're super sensitive is the best, but I also get it that like a lot of people, it's just so accessible for them to go to, you know, Sherwin Williams or Benjamin Moore and get these paints. So these are still better, um, than going with a fully natural paint. Yeah. It's, um, it's similar to like, um, like air filters and different things. I know a little bit more about those where they talk about like ozone production. They'll say there's no ozone production, mm-hmm. but like there actually is when you start looking at the specs, it's just below a certain threshold. So right. like, like according to California, there's no ozone production, but like, I mean, there is a little bit. Right? And so like, that's, that's kind of what that reminded me of when you said that. All right, so we're back, although many of you might not feel like we went anywhere, but I accidentally just stopped the recording in the middle of it. <laughs> um, I was probably talking for like a solid minute by myself. <laughs> um, so I'm going to jump back in where I was and, you know, hopefully you guys can make sense of where I was going. So here's, here's what I was saying diet. is that I know, yeah, whole food diet, right? So you were, you were talking about like the, the natural components, like in the, in the space. Right. And it just kind of made me think about something that I feel like we all see so much now, which is the importance of eating a whole food diet versus eating all this like processed synthetic crap. Right. And like, we, I I think a lot of us know, especially I feel like people who are listening to this and are kind of like in the Instagram, like circle of followers and stuff. Like, I feel like people who follow, like one of us follows like all of us because we're all like, like talking to each other all the time. But it's like, like three big things that we know are such a big impact on health, which is the air you breathe. It's, um, you know, sleeping, right. Getting enough sleep and, and kind of the water and the food that you drink and eat. Right. Like those are like very three big things that happen. And on the food and water front, it's making sure that you're having filtered water, you're eating whole food diet. Um, the sleeping piece, obviously, there's a lot to go with that. On the indoor piece, I've always kind of stopped at let's just make sure there's like, you know, there's no mold, bacteria problems, biotoxin issues, you know, all this stuff going on and, and you know, all that stuff is happening. And then have kind of just done my little part of I'll go get zero VOC paint and like hope, you know, hope for the best or whatever. But like when you when you start talking about like the natural pieces in a space, I'm like, oh, my God, like this is the same as just eating like cereal all day, every day. (laughs) Yeah, that's so funny. It just reminded me like what you were just saying just made me think of like, you know, we can go to the store and we can buy like something that says like gluten free, dairy free, sugar free. And it's like, but it still comes in a bag and it's still like not good for your health. You know what I mean? So it's like. I feel like that relates sort of to the building materials. You know, we can buy these building materials now that say like green guard certified, like all these different might have all these different labels, but it's still a manufactured product. And so, yes, it's going to be better, but it's not the best, if that makes sense. No, it does. I mean, I think at some point, all of us, we have to kind of decide how far we're willing to go and how far down the rabbit hole we're going to go. Right. And exactly. you know, and so many people say this, it's like, if you make a series of like conscious changes to like make something better, even if it's a lot of little things, it all adds up. Right. So even right. if somebody just says, I'm not going to worry about going nuts in the house, but you know what, this carpet thing makes sense. I'm just mm-hmm. not going to lay carpet in the house, or I'm just not going to, I mean, think about how many walls are in your house and how much of that is off gassing. Like if you're painting yeah. that, right. Like the surface area that's being impacted by that could be really big. So like yeah. you take one of these things and try to address it, then you're that much closer, you know? Exactly. Um, so can we talk a minute? I, I mean, I've, 
I think I've thrown out both of these terms. Maybe you did too, like VOC, SVOC, sorry, VOC space, SVOC, two different things. Yeah. Um, can we just like dive into that a little more and explain like yeah. what that is and maybe the differences between the two for folks? Yes. So VOCs are what we hear more often, and that is volatile organic compound. And essentially these um, these appear at a very low boiling point, and they are gases that are emitted from various products. Um, they're inhaled by us, and they're toxic. So, um, you know, that's they come from a lot of different things. Um, an SVOC is a semi-volatile organic compound. So these are not as well known as VOCs, um, but they are they can pose... I think some greater health impacts actually, because actually um, they're emitted at a higher boiling point and they are essentially what is let off and released from a product after it's deteriorated, deteriorated for some time. So it becomes um, an actual particle in the air. And so it ends up in our dust. It ends up on our walls. It ends up on our surfaces and then we're touching those things and we're putting them in our mouth and we're, you know, cleaning and we're stirring them up and we're inhaling them just like mold spores. So, um, and the thing with SVOCs is that they are found around the home long after the toxic product was removed. So, um, so that's the difference. One is a gas and one is a particle and it can be found in our dust. Yeah. And SVOCs, um, so a while ago, it's probably like five or six years ago, I went to, I go to a bunch of different like medical conferences all the time just to, you know, try to, try to pretend I'm as much of a health person as I can. And, um, and they actually had like a building person up there, um, you know, similar to, to what you do. And they were talking about SVOC specifically. And at the time I didn't really know anything about it. And the thing that they were specifically calling out was spray foam um, that's yeah. used in building. And, and how it emits SVOCs. Mm -hmm. And at the time, because we didn't really know any better, like we're always learning, right? I'm never going to say that I know everything about everything, you know? And so at the time, um, as part of our remediation protocols, we were including um, spray foam in order to seal up gaps and, and different cracks and crevices that couldn't be effectively cleaned. So we yeah. were like, okay, if we can't clean these things, the, the nice thing about spray foam is that it goes into a space and it expands, right? And it kind of mm -hmm. like tightens it all up, right? We're like, okay, this is cool. It's a way for us to get in there. And if they can't clean this little crack, then at least we'll seal it up. And, and, and that was kind of the idea, right? And then we sit in this, in this thing and we start learning about SVOCs and how they, um, you know, extended periods of time. This isn't like something that, that like a lot of VOC off-gassing will diminish over time, regular VOC off-gassing. Um, sometimes different things take longer than others, but SVOCs, like you were saying, I mean, this is like super long-term stuff. It takes a long time for it to happen. Um, yeah. And so we were, we look at each other, we're like, oh my God, what, what have we been doing? Right. Because <laughs> we didn't know any better. Yeah. And, and granted, we weren't like, you know, we weren't telling people sprayed all over the place or anything. It was just like for these little spaces that were tight or whatever, but we immediately pulled that out of what we were doing. Um, and since then, well, not since then, but like, um, I mean, technically since then. So as, as we go in, you know, in different houses, things that I've been noticing more recently is 
that spray foam is being used as insulation against like foundation walls in a crawl space or a basement, or even against like in the attic shooting up at like the ceiling of the attic to insulate the attic or even on the bottom. And, and you go yeah. in and it's like, it just looks like mountains of spray foam that are in there. I'm like, Oh yeah. my God, like this is, this is not good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Um, it's yeah, like pick your poison. <laughs> I know it's so interesting, uh, uh, you know, to talk about that, but like, I mean, I don't know if you know much about this, I'll put you on the spot. You talked about, you know, kind of the health impact of SVOCs. Is there anything you could expand upon specifically, or just kind of is more of a general kind of thing that we've been looking at? Yeah. I mean, SVOCs, um, you know, they're a known endocrine disruptor and we've seen a lot of thyroid disruption. And I, I just know like, almost every woman I know has something going on with their thyroid, whether that's been caused from mold or toxins. Um, but you know, SVOCs are known endocrine disruptors. So I just think it's this toxic world is building up and creating all these different problems. Um, we're also, you know, it impacts childhood development and, um, can, you know, create a harmful pregnancy, um, and long-term it could create cancer, you know, all this toxicity, you know, cancer doesn't happen overnight. These are things that build up from, I, I feel like a long-term toxic exposure. So I think just avoiding these as much as we possibly can. And, you know, like you said, they're coming from sp spray foams. They're coming from fire retardants. Um, they're in our textiles, they're in our furnitures. Um, they're in the, the foams within our furniture and, um, you know, stain and water repellent are used in textiles and those create SVOCs. And like I was talking about with the PVC flooring, um, the plasticizers and phthalates, um, also antimicrobials and, you know, all these floor coatings and just all this stuff, you know, the more that we can avoid it, I think in general, um, the less of a burden we're going to put on our body um, and creating, you know, filling up our toxic bucket to say yeah for sure can we can we talk a minute about formaldehyde sure can <laughs> yay um okay so like when we go in and we do we do occasionally do like voc and formaldehyde testing um mm -hmm. our voc testing is more of a, a broad scope panel um mm -hmm. where it it actually tests for like Oh, off the top of my head, um, I want to say like over a hundred different chemicals that it splits into sixteen different categories. So you can look at it and be like, "Oh, the the VOCs that we're picking up here are really tied to like building materials, or these are tied to like paints and solvents, or these are tied to personal care products, or whatever." So you could kind of get a feel of like where the source of it is coming from, which is kind of cool. Awesome, yeah, yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, it also has an um, want to say there's an SVOC on it, although it's been a second since I've looked at one. So I don't want to say that for sure, but I think that we can do that if we wanted to. And then, um, uh, but then the second thing that we test for is formaldehyde typically when we're looking at stuff like this. And mm -hmm. usually the places that I do it is kind of in like a kitchen space. Yeah. So a lot of cabinets, you have all your wood flooring or whatever they're using, all the adhesives and the glues that are being used to put it all on there. Mm -hmm. So like, First off, formaldehyde is a carcinogen. Like it's a known carcinogen, meaning mm -hmm. it's a cancer causer, right? And that's yeah. why formaldehyde is such a big deal. But could we maybe talk about some places where formaldehyde is super common, like that we might not think about? Um, so kitchen is really like the biggest, the biggest contributor to that. So I think you nailed it. 
um, anywhere that you have a like an MDF or a particle board um, because it's in the it's in the glues, it's in the adhesives and mm -hmm. the urea formaldehyde is what's off gassing, you know, the life of the product. So pretty much any fake wood product you have, you know, I'm looking at one right now. I have a bookshelf from Target and I'm, I'm certain that there's probably something in there, you know? And, um, so yeah, I think just like when you're considering furniture, um, you can actually look for, um, certifications that say NAF, which is no added formaldehyde. And so that's going to be a really good option. Um, and then also looking for um, just like solid wood furniture um, and things that just don't aren't created with particle board. And so that's sort of another good point of just like sort of knowing where you're sourcing your furniture from. You know, a lot of these websites sell furniture and they're great. And don't get me wrong, I've purchased from them myself. And you know, it's just that other thing, like pick your poison. You know, um, how. I'm not perfect. I am aware and it's about creating awareness. So um, just knowing that sometimes when things are manufactured out of the United States too, you might not know what kind of chemicals they're using and they're not really regulated. So, you know, sometimes buying things locally or, um, you know, going with maybe a more quality company that's actually creating things with um, low VOC and solid wood, that's probably going to be your best bet for avoiding formaldehyde. Yeah. You, you probably remember, I'm sure the, the Chinese drywall formaldehyde thing at lumber liquidators. You remember oh, that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, drywall, because all houses are built with drywall. And I always mm -hmm. get people ask me like, what should I use instead of drywall? Should I use plaster instead of drywall? Like what should I use? Yeah. And they're always asking me more from a mold perspective. And mm -hmm. from a mold point of view, mold's going to grow on plaster the same way it grows on drywall. So I don't really, you know, from that perspective, it doesn't really change that much. Mm -hmm. um, but what about on your end? Like, is, is one better than the other? Um, I think finding, and I can't give you like specific brands off the top of my head, but finding brands of drywall that do not have paper on them. Um, so I would specify drywall that is not paper faced. Um, and then in any wet area, leaving it two inches off of the floor. So just, I think with that, there's just some ways that we can assemble the wall to kind of prevent that water from wicking up. Um, but it's kind of a cool idea. I've, I haven't really thought of that. So what are you basically putting like a, like using your wood framing sill plate down there and just putting it up like a couple like mm -hmm. higher and building it up that way. Yeah. Like putting the putting. So yeah, essentially covering it, covering the gap of the drywall on the floor with your baseboard. So, you know, if there were something you could be take, you could take off the baseboard and then hopefully it doesn't get to the wall where you're having to rip the entire wall out. Um, so that's, that's a good idea. That's a, that's one strategy we use and, and that's like in all wet areas. So there's other options too. Um, magnesium oxide board is another option, but I personally haven't specified it. And I think it, it can be a little more tricky to get, um, but that's, has been used and could be an option if you can source it. Um, 
and that's the other thing too, like building materials now have skyrocketed per COVID. And so I think we're seeing, um, it's sort of like not that much more to go with some of these, you know, natural, we'll call them maybe alternative materials, um, anymore because now conventional building is almost the same price as, you know, some of these alternative methods. I was literally just talking to my landlord about this today. Cause he had a, um, he had a pipe leak in his place in his crawl uh-huh. space. And he like, he knows what I do. He like calls me. He's like, Hey, what do I do about this? How do I get insurance to help me with this? What do I do? I'm yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> um, so I talked to him for like an hour, but he was telling me that they were, um, they were initially planning on redoing some remodeling in the house. And then he was telling me the the prices of, building materials right now are, are up like 20% basically like in the last couple of weeks. Is there just like a massive, I'm just so disconnected. I don't leave my house for like weeks at a time. Is there just like a massive building process happening right now? Is that what's going on? <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly, I, I don't know what all of the factors are, but everything is exploding and someone's probably going to correct me who's listening to this podcast right now. But I want to say that lumber went from like $4 a square foot to like $12 a square foot. Um, or something like that. It's been, it's been hard. And I know there's like a lot of just shortages in the manufacturing and production. So yeah, a lot of people are having trouble sourcing things and yeah, it's just a snowball effect of of things that are happening right now in the building, um, construction world. That's crazy. Well, anyone, if you want to, if you want to fact check Ashley at, <laughs> at awakening spaces on Instagram. You can fact oh, check great. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, actually I just thought of something though on ba- just a quick topic back yeah. to the um, like bathroom and the drywall. Um, this kind of goes back to the sorptive materials. So using a clay paint um, and one thing that we look at in building biology that I think is just different than a lot of like green or sustainable strategies is usually using, um, hygroscopic materials. So it's materials that have the ability to absorb absorb moisture and release release moisture. So they're actually they're actually um, like evening out the relative humidity in the space. So it's um, oh. yeah. So that's another great option for you know if you didn't want to do clay paints everywhere and you wanted to think about maybe doing them in some of your more wet areas or your wet rooms, like your laundry room and your, your bathroom, those are really great um, options. So it kind of allows it to breathe a little bit and you're not creating condensation and whatnot. That's super cool. Mm-hmm. So like, so it would, so it absorbs a bit of the moisture, but it doesn't create uh, a water retention problem that would then result mm-hmm. in mold issue. Nope. It's once the humidity in the room drops, it actually will release it back into the room. So it it regulates the humidity within the environment, which is why, you know, natural materials for the win. (laughs) I think they're they're awesome. (laughs) So yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. So, and you know, that can be plastered or sorry, painted right onto drywall or over top of painted walls. I mean, it doesn't have to have anything crazy to, to add that. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So every time I don't know why I keep getting hung up on this. I'm thinking like, like burnt orange Adobe color. <laughs> like, like yep. there there's colors, right? Like I'm not just painting yeah. everything there's like colors. red yeah. everywhere. <laughs> there are colors. And in fact, I, I just, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm all on the clay right now because I just had like an amazing meeting with a rep and I just got done with a week long seminar and we just learned so much about building or natural building materials. And so 
um, I'm just like, really, it's all on, in my head right now. <laughs> but uh, it's just, it's fascinating. And it's, it's, there are a lot of options and colors. And so I'm actually in the process, I'm going to grab some samples. And uh, on my Instagram, I want to do some like actual tests on my wall at home. Oh, that'd be super cool. People, how it is. Yeah, just to just to show because I live in a conventional build. It's a new build. Um, it's you know not necessarily the healthiest home. You know, I'm doing what I can to improve it. But one of the things I really want to do is go through in all my bathrooms and paint them with clay. So, so if you want a tutorial, <laughs> you can come on by and check out my <laughs> uh, experiment. Love it. That's super cool. Um, yeah. That's. I'm actually really interested in that too, because I, there are times I go into houses and you can just see like the ventilation isn't the best in the bathroom clearly. And you can see yeah. like the streaking and the staining on walls. And it's not because there's a water leak anywhere. It's because there's, you know, condensation happening on the walls. Yeah. And I always test those walls because if you're absorbing moisture, it doesn't matter where it's coming from. It can create a problem. Mm -hmm. And like probably half the time there's an actual mold problem behind the wall, like in, in those types oh of things. God. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and about the other half there isn't right. And then yeah. it's like, okay, well you guys got to figure out the ventilation piece because clearly there's a problem and that's kind of like where it ends with me. Right. So like have somebody come mm -hmm. out and make sure your exhaust fan is working properly, you know, have them, you know, you know, check these things out to make sure that you're pulling moisture out. But that type of paint is like a cool, like additional thing. Like if for whatever reason, the, the, um, the ventilation isn't like ideal. Mm -hmm. And if this paint is really able to help kind of navigate that a little bit, I mean, it's, yeah. it's obviously not going to fix an entire problem, but if it helps like add to a solution, then that's pretty cool. No, totally. And, and I got into all of this because of mold and my own exposure with mold and, um, just seeing my best friend's health severely decline from mold. So I'm, that's sort of where my heart lies in, in all strategies, um, is trying to figure out ways we can prevent it, um, where we can sort of meet conventional building halfway, you know, it's like, um, the joining of like Eastern medicine and conventional medicine, Western medicine, you know, like it's, we need to like, come together <laughs> yeah. and find solutions because we can't disregard the advancements in technology we have, but at the same time, we can't completely lose touch with, um, you know, nature and, you know, for this example, our body's own ability to heal. So, yeah, so, I'm with yeah. You. I, I think it's so weird that, I mean, I get, I guess why people are so like resistant to like looking into like old, old Eastern medicine or whatever, I guess they like went to school, mm -hmm. they paid all this money, they read all these books, they think they know everything. And <laughs> it's like, I don't want to learn anymore, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, It's like, it's just so weird. Like, like there are, I've been, on, I've been going down this deep dive of like earthing and grounding in like the last three yeah. years. <laughs> um, and it's like blowing my mind. Um, Amazing. And I was like, there was a story that I saw somewhere. I was like doing, you know, there's like all these paper, I, like the stuff is like proven. Like there's literally like tens and twenties of, of peer reviewed papers and it's like been working yeah. forever. And it's like literally like ancient cultures would like dig like a hole and put somebody in there for a couple of days and they would like get better. <laughs> like, yeah. It's so, it's so weird. Um, I know. I know. And like, it's why wild. are we so resistant to even being open-minded to like, to to the effect that that has on our physiology i'm not going to get into it now maybe i'll do another episode yeah. <laughs> on it because i'm like it's like super interesting to me i even just yeah. ordered some like grounding mats too for like my house so like i'm, nice. I'm like i'm buying into it um <laughs> i love so. it me too i have one at my foot of my desk and at the uh wrist of my desk but 
um, yeah, you just, you want to make sure you're in a working ground and you want to make sure that you don't have any uh, dirty electricity running on your wires. <laughs> Let's talk Kidding. about that. Let's talk about that. So yeah. I know that we were, we threw out the idea of talking about like electro um, pollution anyway mm-hmm. on this. Um, we're skipping the product stuff. We'll come back to that at the end. We'll skip to this part. Okay. So selfishly, I just ordered this thing, right? I'm going to stick yes. it in my ground and I'm going to be grounded. Right. I'm very excited about this. Yes. So is, the ground actually isn't pushing electrical current, is it? I mean, do you know about this or am I just asking you questions I shouldn't be asking? Um, I, I, <laughs> so I know that I'm in training to become an electromagnetic radiation specialist, but I'm Whoa. in training. So there's still a lot. I do not know. I will not claim to be an expert in that, but I know a decent amount. Um, so the ground uh, should be connected to the ground outside, but I'm assuming that with your earthing mat, they gave you a tester, an AC outlet grounding they tester. Did. Yeah. Yeah. And so you know that your ground is working, correct? Oh. Well, it hasn't come yet. It's coming tomorrow. But yeah, okay. I will know. I will know if it's working. Yeah. Well, I ordered, <laughs> I had these high hopes. I ordered this um, earthing mat for my parents for their bed. And, you know, they got and they te- they got it and they went and tested it and had to move the bed to do it. And they realized their ground wasn't working. And so anyway, that's a whole other story. But um, yeah, so once you have a working ground, you, so this is where it's tricky because, so we have something that's called dirty electri- electricity. And it stems from dirty power that comes from uh, the power companies. And essentially what it is, is if you're looking at a graph, you know, electricity usually comes in this nice, like oscillating sort of wave. Um, And from what I understand, um, dirty power, it's just sort of like these, these like pulses, you know, it's like these pulses and they actually radiate off of where the current is coming from and into the environment and they can latch onto us, which can create problems. So with the earthing mat, I think the one thing you just want to consider is testing your home to make sure that your um, dirty electricity levels are low. Otherwise it can latch onto the ground and you could be getting some of that from your grounding mat. So oh, just when I thought I was doing something really good, <laughs> you are, you are. Yeah. <laughs> it's like always something else. It's always something else. You are, you are. It's, <laughs> um, I would just say, I think that you can actually buy, if you go to green wave and I can, we can maybe link this. I don't know if you have show notes or something, we can link this, but if you go to green wave, um, you can talk to someone you can get, you can get a little tested. You can test it yourself. And then, um, essentially what creates this, um, dirty electric, electricity on our wires is everything we have plugged in. So when you're not using an electronic in your home, um, unplugging that is what's really going to help solve that problem. Oh, interesting. Um, Yeah. So I just unplugged two things. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I know. I always used to get in trouble, like unplug your, you know, dryer because you're wasting electricity. And it turns out, yeah, it's, it's not just wasting electricity. It's, it's still, it's still using electricity even when it's plugged in. So. All right. Fun fact. (laughs) All right. I was not prepared to go down this hole. (laughs) I I, just more questions are coming up. (laughs) I don't think, (laughs) I don't think that we're there yet. Yeah. Um, We'll, we'll have to do a regroup on, on a deep dive on this, but like, but so we talked way at the beginning, right? So we laid this whole scenario out. We found mold, found this problem. We remediated everything's open. We're talking about building stuff back. Right. Then we are like, okay, so a few big things we got, we got flooring, we got walls. Those are pretty much the entire surface area of our whole house, basically. So walls and ceilings and floors. So it's like a big thing. Um, 
so let's get like past the structural stuff. Let's start talking about like what we're bringing into the house. Cause that's going to contribute to overall load of exposure in the house too. Right. So like, what's, yeah. what, what's kind of your thought, your plan? Like, how do you address that kind of thing? Yeah. So I will start in the sleeping room because that is where our bodies sleep and repair each night. So that's like where we're healing. So if you do nothing to your entire house, um, if, if you're like, you know what, I'm going to go with crap everywhere else. I'm just going to do upgrades and clean materials in just the bedroom. Then that's going to be like, that's still going to be really great because that's where you're sleeping eight hours a night and you know, you're repairing and you're healing. So, um, so I think like, as far as bringing things in, like, um, you know, looking at your actual mattress and finding things that are, you know, a natural latex, rubber, um, organic material, whether that's wool or, um, you know, cotton and um, bonus points for EMFs, no springs attached, no, no coils in the bed. Um, and then also um, some companies are pretty clean and really natural, but they actually use adhesives to um, keep the layers intact. So looking for a mattress that's stitched um, an avocado is one. They actually make a really, really great um, high-end clean mattress. So there's an option. Um, but then also like going as, going into like your sheets and your linens and your fabrics. So like I mentioned earlier, you know, there's water resistance and wrinkles, wrinkle resistance and all these different things that are chemically treated to our fabrics. So finding things that are organic. And I always thought this was so bougie <laughs> like when I would first be like, okay, we're going to buy organic sheets and towels. But if you think about it, like if you're sleeping on something all night long, it only takes 26 seconds for our skin to start absorbing things. So I think wait, that, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, it takes 26 seconds for our, for our skin to absorb any chemical that is put onto it. So like a personal care product, for instance, um, for rubbing a lotion, it's going to take 26 seconds for that to absorb into our skin. Um, and then same with, uh, yeah, just like laying on your bed, if you're sleeping in that all night long, you know, and sometimes most times we're sweating in our beds, you know, our, we're hot, our pores are opening up. Um, and so we are more likely to have those things um, absorbed into our body. Uh, so, and if you think of or uh, cotton, for instance, that's like one of the most heavily treated crops. So um, with pesticides. So going and opting for an organic sheet um, is actually going to be a great, a great way to start bringing in good things into your sleeping environment. Wow. I yeah. didn't know. I didn't know a lot of that stuff that you just said. I, my note taking is like on fire <laughs> right now. <laughs> I love it. Oh, goodness. I'm going to have to like ask you like follow up <laughs> questions afterwards. I mean, I guess I could re-listen. I, I'm, I'll re-listen. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then, and then furniture too, like the actual furniture, like we talked about the formaldehyde. So like, and this is hard. Um, but like finding, finding something that maybe is solid or, um, this doesn't have the formaldehyde or any certification on that, on that furniture. It's going to be great as well. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. One, one thing on like our end that I've always talked about is when we start talking about like air filtration and purifying the house. First off, all the things we're talking about is just like additional reasons why you should be having an air filtration system, no matter 
what's going on in your house, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's not just a mold thing. And I've always said this to people, like, it's, it's not just mold. There's other things that are going on. There's off-gassing, there's this and that. But now, like, kind of diving into it even more, it's just like, like, we... We need to be doing that in the house because there's no way that every building material that's being used is going to be the most optimal building material, right? Even if we're trying to be super on top of it, because it just seems like if you're going that route, it's probably being ridiculously expensive. Some of it might not even be like doable for whatever your situation is, right? So like, you know, you, you try and make a dent where you can, but it doesn't seem like that you're going to be able to, to kind of address everything. So, I mean, that's where filtration comes into play, you know, and, and you can help to try to kind of counteract that stuff. And and, you know, I have, I have five units in my house. <laughs> like I don't have a mold problem in my house, but I have five like high end air filtration units in my house because there's other things that come into play, you know? All right. So we've been talking for a while now. My mind is kind of blown. I'll be honest. I'm like counting all the notes. I'm like scrolling in my iPhone note thing right now. With so many things, which is awesome. I learned so much today. I feel like. Um, so, so is there like one last thing that you'd like to kind of throw out there as like a general sort of, uh, words of wisdom or anything like that, that would be good for us to hear? Yeah. So I know I talked a lot about some of the things to avoid in a home and I just, yeah, I always like to say that, like, be fearful, um, of any of the stuff. It's, it's not about scraping your environment and, and just starting new and just getting rid of all this toxic stuff. I just like to say, like, if you're in the position where you are about to buy a new product, whether it's a personal care item, a cleaning item, or whether it's a build, building material, just being aware of this stuff is just, that is key. Just awareness in general is so key. And um, if you can make small improvements over time that is going to be that is going to be great um great positive steps in the right direction so yeah i i never want to scare anyone when i'm saying any of this and uh yeah just having having that awareness is is um all you can do so yeah i say this i say the same thing to people too right like it's it's tough when you know a lot about something and you're like passionate about it and you like have all this information it's like so much for people sometimes to take in Um, and it's not that you have to do everything at once. Right. But like any change that you make is, is a change for the better. Right. And the thing that we were talking about is kind of this scenario that we set up at the beginning. If you're going through and you're doing remediation and you're getting it all done and you're talking about build back, this is the time where you can make a lot of those decisions, you know? Exactly. And so that's why, um, initially I wanted us to talk because like, I feel like a lot of people get into that point and you already ripped stuff open. So it's not like you have to do anything there, right? It's now, what am I putting back? Like, let's try to be smart about what we're rebuilding with. And that's what's so cool about what you can offer to people who are going through this path, right? Like, like I always say, like, I know what I know and I know what I don't know, you know? Right. And, there, and, and there are things I know a whole lot about and there are things I don't know much about at all. Um, and there are things I know enough to be dangerous. But <laughs> there's... there's there's something to be said about surrounding yourself with the right people. Right. And this is what happens to somebody who's like in, you know, in like the mold world. Right. It's like, okay, we had to find the right doctor and that probably took a whole lot of time. We finally found the right doctor. And then we probably had to find the right inspector because we had people that came in, they didn't know what they were, they couldn't find stuff. And, you know, years went by remediations failed, whatever. Finally they find, you know, maybe us or somebody like us or whatever. And so they feel good about that. And you're kind of like building this team for each phase mm-hmm. of the journey. Right. So like, right. You're like the next step in the journey, right. It's like us for finding it, 
remediation company for do- cleaning it up the right way. And then someone like you to come in and say, okay, now that we've done all that, you don't want to just add like a big toxic mess in here. Like, let's, right. let's think this through, you know? And, yeah. um, so yeah, I think it's super cool that you're doing this because, uh, selfishly, I have someone just to send people to, to talk to about it now instead of trying to. <laughs> <laughs> and back at you. Yeah. All right. So where do people find you? Do you have anything cool that like people can like find these things out or like what, what's, what are you, are you putting stuff together? Like what's going on? What's happening? Yeah. Well, I'm working on putting a lot of stuff together right now. Um, but yeah, you can head on over to my Instagram page where I share a lot of little nuggets of information. Um, you can check out my website um, and you can just shoot me an email and I'm lo- I'd love to chat more about this stuff. And if you're interested in learning more about any specific topic. Um, I could definitely use the ideas of what to create and what's needed. So yeah, I'm happy to, to listen to what you, what you're, what you're wanting right now. So. Awesome. So Instagram is at awakening spaces. Website is awakeningspaces.com. Awakeningspaces.com. Yeah. There we go. And remember fact checked everything she said, and she (laughs) wants you to, she wants you to DM her and tell her everything that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> always open for improvement <laughs> oh, so funny awesome well thank you for taking the time and dealing with all the recording fun yeah. i hope that people don't notice like how uh how it felt like <laughs> this recording went because it felt it, it didn't feel smooth i'll just say that uh, but, I, I, I agree <laughs> but... I, uh, yeah thank you so much though for just joining or like inviting me on here it's been really fun and i enjoy talking to you i love talking to like-minded people so Hopefully, awesome. uh, hopefully you can weave it together nicely. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. We'll figure it out. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye, Ryan. Bye. So that's it for today's show, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment and subscribe and give a rating wherever you get your podcasts. It'll help spread the word to those who really need it the most. 